Is your marriage getting worse instead of better? Has there been talk of separation, or is either spouse considering divorce? If any of these apply, then Love Reboot is your answer. Come join the hundreds of couples who were once in despair and headed for divorce, but are now experiencing a thriving, growing relationship after attending a Love Reboot weekend. Visit us at growinglovenetwork.org for more information on an upcoming Love Reboot workshop. Welcome to another episode of Relationship Rewire, where we talk about what's wrong and what's right with marriage and relationships in our world today. This episode is titled, What's Wrong with Marriage at First Sight? And our guest is Gabby Powell. Okay, I have here with me Gabby Powell. Gabby is probably going to be a regular on this podcast because there's a whole lot of her brain I want to pick and there's a lot of her personality and her experience and uh, her knowledge that I want uh, I want to look at it, what we look through through the lens of her and so, uh, but let me tell you a little bit about it. Gabby is a, she graduated from uh, university, what, two years ago, three years yes, ago? Two. With a degree in journalism. In journalism. And um, she is such an excellent writer. She probably wouldn't want you to, uh, me telling you this, but I'm going to tell you anyway, and you're going to have to help me fill in the blanks. But she competed in, uh, how many universities competed in that? Um, 50, maybe? 50 universities from all over? All over Texas. All over, yeah, mostly, mostly in Texas. Mm-hmm. And um, so those are big universities like uh, Texas A&M, University of Texas, mm-hmm. um, and then also uh, your alma mater, Abilene Christian University. The Wildcats. The Wildcats. But you, you entered in how many categories on that? Ooh, like six, six, six categories. Mm-hmm. And you placed in how many? I think five or six. You placed in five or you know how? I many. don't remember. Okay, two years. And and what place? When you say you placed, was it like in the top fifty? I got first. You got first I place did. in five or six categories. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so what were those categories? Um, feature journalism. I really don't remember. I really don't. <laughs> I, like I should have. Re- I should have looked at my own resume okay. before coming. Well, let's just say it this way: uh, Gabby is brilliant. She's done some work for Growing Love Network in the past. In fact, uh, uh, we when we were able to afford her, we kind of had her as an intern um, a few years back, and uh, she did wonderful work. In fact, developed our website for us and helps me out with that now and then. Uh, Gabby is still single. And I, I 
that's sometimes dreaded. You know, when you hear that from our age, people our age, you're still single. It's like still it's this bad single. thing. But uh, no, st- still <laughs> single is not a bad thing. She could get uh, uh, she could get a date in a moment's notice if she wanted. Uh, she's uh, she has um, been dating a, a person for a couple years up until recently, and uh, she's had other dating experiences, but presently is single. And so I'm also saying that for you know if if anybody out there, and it's got to be a really wonderful person. Oh no, uh, a really wonderful person. But uh, well, anyway, so much for the advertising. <laughs> Gabby's uh, also my niece. Her parents. Her mother is my wife, Joanna's sister. And we are all very close as a family. And her experiences include, uh, when we're talking about marriage and relationships, include uh, what she's had uh, as a family. She's got a brother who's a couple years younger than her. And her parents have a great marriage, but your parents don't have a perfect marriage, do they? No. They've had some times of ups and downs. Just like Joanna and I, after 31 years, they've been married how long? 20, 28. 28 years. 29. Okay. So uh, she's experienced uh, some relationship by observing their marriage for how many years now? 24 years now. 24 years since <laughs> she's been on this planet. Um, Gabby is, is somewhat of a social media guru. She's got her own uh, little blogcasts, and uh, I shouldn't say little, but uh, you probably have way more followers mm. than me. <laughs> but, uh, and she's developed her website, as I've said, and helped me with a lot of different things, and uh, especially social media things. And so uh, she's, she also just has this keen insight into what she sees uh, in, in media today. Part of that comes from her journalism slant, but uh, also just I think it's kind of in her nature to just see some things that I don't see. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to have her on here is to pick her brain about those things that uh, somebody from my generation or somebody who's a male or somebody who's just kind of uh, not real astute uh, would not observe. One of those things we're going to talk about today is there's this newer show. uh, Well, I guess it's not new. It's been out for four seasons yeah. now, called, what's it called again? Married at First Sight. Married at First Sight. Now, the concept of this merit, this this uh, program is to, they, they have uh, people sign up to try to be on the show, and that what they're committing to is letting this panel of quote-unquote experts pick a spouse for them, and they are going to agree to have a wedding and get married, I think actually legally get married, Yes. go straight on to a honeymoon from the wedding, and then move, come back from the honeymoon, move in together, and for at least six weeks. After that six weeks, they come back for a final episode of the season to decide whether they're going to keep going or not. Now, they don't actually see each other for the first time until they are walking down the aisle. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> okay. It's terrifying. <laughs> and uh, so what they do is they apply to be on the show. I'm, uh, I'm sure they do all kinds of questionnaires and personality assessments mm-hmm. and all kinds of things like that. And um, But there's a uh, she she told me about this show a couple of months ago, and she said you've got to see this. This has so much to do with what you do, and um, 
watched it very interesting, but also very disturbing yes. on many levels. And so um, we want to talk about that. So, Gabby, what jumped out at you? What was, what's something big that jumped out at you in, in seeing this show? Well, I had watched last season for the first time with my parents um, and thought it was super interesting and just kind of intriguing in a sick way <laughs> and disturbing, as you said. Like many quote-unquote reality TV yes, shows are. Yes, yes. But this season, um, they gave a statistic which immediately jumped out at me. They said that 33,000, over 33,000 people auditioned or came to the casting to be on the show. That is a lot. <laughs> I, I was kind of blown away by the sheer number of people who even are entertaining the idea of like marrying someone they have never met and trusting someone to set them up. Yes. And they said that they focused this just in Miami, which is even more crazy. Okay, so that's all from one city. Yes. Yes, okay. so one city. So that's that's for that one specific season. season. Wow. So I found it very interesting that in today's society of, you know, millennials are putting off marriage. Women are waiting to get married until older. I I found that number to be staggering and, and kind of a gut check that do we really want to be independent? Are we really like a beyond... Um, marriage and wanting to have these like flings and I know that there are people who are going to be on the show for airtime and for you know to be reality tv stars but doesn't that say that millennials want that real marriage because our culture is telling us marriage is becoming a thing of the past and Mm -hmm. marriage is uh not where we're, we're headed and um but you're saying apparently not. There's 33,000 people in one city who really want to be married. Yes. So bad that they're going to submit themselves to this kind of thing. For what reasons are beyond me, but yes, <laughs> they want it. So I mean, to, in, in, in fairness, I would say there's a lot of people who just want to be on TV and would do anything they can, but it's still that there's like, well, the fact that they even know about this show makes you tells you that people really do want to entertain the idea of lifelong love. Totally. And they don't they're over dating as we heard numerous times throughout the episode. They they want the forever. Yes. Yeah, they I heard that too in in listening when they're interviewing the the they get down to what three mm-hmm. couples? Yes, three couples, and they're interviewing each person before they met the the other person before that mm-hmm. wedding day. And yeah, it's it, almost all of them, if not all of them, are talking about that. Yeah, they want this um, this forever love. In fact, um, you were saying something about they all seem to fall in one of two categories. Yes, and um, there's something about that. What was what were you saying there? I noticed all of them fell into a pattern of either trying to fill a void Mm -hmm. via marriage or trying to emulate the example of their parents. And both of them, all of, I mean, all of the individuals mentioned their parents' marriage or their, their relationship 
with their parents, which I felt was extremely intriguing too, Mm. that they felt that parents, their own parents' marriage were so strongly ingrained in their brain or lack of marriage Mm -hmm. that they had to set out to deal with something there. Okay. So like either uh, if their parents divorced, they're trying to somehow correct that baggage and that Mm -hmm. scar through their own marriage. Correct. Um, And if their parents are still married happily, then they're trying to emulate that to maybe like please their parents or not feel like a failure or something like that. So so, so it's like everybody's taking this baggage into their marriage that really affects their marriage. And and it's like they don't even realize that they're doing that because you said every yeah i noticed that too everybody when they're in that interview that's what they're they're, they mention that yes yeah so what does that say what does that tell you i think for one it it tells me you know parents your kids are watching you Mm. and um that makes me look at my my parents too and and wonder what things i'm I'm even subconsciously taking from their marriage, mm-hmm. even in their day-to-day interactions. What am I going to be taking into my own marriage mm-hmm. that I saw from theirs or things I'm going to be like, I want no part of how you dealt with this in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big deal. You know? So so how you do marriage, and I, people say this all the time, but it just can't be overstated how you do marriage greatly impacts your child's life absolutely and they take that it it affects their reasons for getting married it affects their reasons for not getting married it Mm -hmm. affects how they do marriage uh they go uh if they've if they're fearful of uh repeating what their parents have repeated then that fear changes the way that they interact with their spouse Mm -hmm. wow that's huge what was it? What else did you get from that show? Well, you know, we often talk about like this is a great, it's great concept that people are wanting forever marriage and they're wanting to come out to you know make this contract and a legal bond. Yet they still have an out in six weeks, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you can fabricate a marriage mindset knowing that in six weeks I can just say goodbye and leave it all there. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that got me the most is that they really are keeping in perpetuation this idea that you are going to, if you go into something knowing that you in six weeks you can back out and everybody will be fine because that was the contract ahead mm-hmm. of time. It's not a big deal. Um, it wasn't really a full marriage. It was a trial marriage, six weeks. So they're keeping this idea going that that is the same as actually getting married. Correct. And, and But the thing is, I also, it's refreshing too because you say that and I keep thinking also in my head, you have that choice every day in your marriage. Yes, yeah. And it could be the end tomorrow and you have that you have that right because you are constantly choosing your partner. Right. But to decide that this person is compatible enough with me in a six-week period that it's almost like 
I deserved you. Like, are we deserve each other at oh, six weeks? Yeah. I don't. Don't get me going on that. <laughs> oh no. Okay, you got me going. Okay. I hear this uh, so often. Um, I deserve to be loved. I deserve. Hmm. And I, I, I think to myself, I would like to ask the question: Why do you deserve? Uh, if the answer is because I'm a human being, then okay, I can live with that. We we deserve we we should be treating each other lovingly because we are human beings. Mm. But the idea that I deserve because I've somehow earned it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, how, and that how was do we, how do we earn? Then it becomes a comparison game that you have to be a certain kind of person to earn to be deserving of love, you know. Then, well, what about people that are not quite as good as you in this area? Are they as deserving of love? You know, it's, it's, it becomes a big game of comparison, and that's just a nowhere game. Well, and you even saw that when the experts were talking about all every single couple, they would say that this couple is compatible because. They have similar um, ethics and morals and values or mm-hmm. attitudes towards something. Mm-hmm. And you saw it when all the individuals were saying, you know, I'm ready for love. And who's not? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> who are you meeting in Miami? What kind of folk do they have down there? <laughs> but that's pretty common here, too, isn't it? Yeah. No, like, absolutely. I'm ready for, yeah. Everybody's ready. What does that mean? I'm ready for love. I think everybody thinks they're ready for love. Well, and then they would take it even a step further. I'm ready for marriage. I'm over dating. I'm oh, ready yeah. for marriage. Okay. So what is it? What do what I don't think you you're that? ever ready for marriage. I don't think you can be. And I'm talking, you know, as someone who has no marriage experience whatsoever. But <laughs> I compare it to how they say you're never ready to have a baby. You don't know. Yeah. There isn't a checklist that you say, all right, I got the ring. I got the humility. I got the ready to change my entire lifestyle. I got that. Let's go. I'm <laughs> yes. ready for marriage. I'm ready to put somebody in yeah. front of me. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think I don't think any anybody, even if we're taught all that, we still have no idea what we're getting ourselves into. Wow, that's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but I also say that in a good way. Uh, at first, uh, when you when reality sets in and you're dealing with all the things that you think, oh, I didn't realize this was going to be an issue and I didn't realize you had that habit and mm-hmm. I didn't realize you did the toilet paper where it rolls underneath instead of over the top. Over and, the top, man. And it's over the top. Over yeah. the top. I've been trained that way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so once you get past all of that and you start going, oh, okay, this is not about about me being happy and all my needs being met, and me, it's it's something way bigger than that. Once you jump into that sphere, is when marriage starts becoming a lot better than you ever mm-hmm. thought it was going to be. It, it, it starts bringing up ideas and and uh, issues that that uh, you never never dreamed that you were going to get to. Uh, explore and 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 enjoy. So and that's a whole other episode. But you found also that a lot of them were more asking. I'm looking for someone who's going to take me as is, and mm. um, I want someone to love me. 
it, I mean, it was still very self-focused. Yes. Yeah. I, I remember there, there, one of the characters, uh, he was one of the contestants. And they, <laughs> they're showing who, you know, t- talking about where they live, what they do. And the one guy was, uh, he lived in a bus, right? Yeah. In an RV park. And he surfed. He, he worked on yachts, yachts like yeah. interior yacht construction. Specialist or yeah, something. something like that. I guess kind of a cabinet maker for yachts or something <laughs> like that. And then surfed. And he lived right by the beach in his bus. And he said, all of my other relationships, they don't accept me. They ended up not accepting me because they don't think I, I'm a white picket fence kind of guy. Mm. Like that guy. Yeah. And, yeah. and so he said, I'm looking for somebody who will just let me continue what I've always done and just kind of be there um, as my puppy that will always be loyal and just let me carry on life the way I've always done it. I think all of the contestants were very much set on this is who I am. I haven't found, I, I'm, none of them expressed. I'm ready to change. Mm-hmm. You notice that? Like, mm-hmm. none of them said, like, I'm open to change. Yes. And that was kind of what struck me, too. Are you really ready for marriage? <laughs> well, I'm surprised that you got that concept at your age, because I didn't get that concept until being married to for probably 15 well, years. The, no, <laughs> no, I mean, even dating, I, I didn't date um, until, you know, my 20s, and... I didn't, I was completely blown away by, it wasn't about me necessarily being loved and being given all of this for the relationship to work. It was about my willingness to accept and change mm-hmm. and um, listen. Yes. Huge. Oh, okay. Well, let me ask you this question. If you're... Well, not if you are 24 years old and everybody has a sense that each generation is some way their mindset is different than the one before Mm -hmm. and the one after. And so you being a millennial and me being on a few generations back, I'm right on the tail end of the baby boomers. And what, uh, what do you think is one of the biggest or the biggest fallacies that you see amongst people your age, uh, mindset fallacies or practices or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to marriage and relationships. How much time do we have? I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> no. Um, I would say, I don't think my generation is dating to marry. I, I don't think we're taking dating seriously enough. What do you what do you mean what are they dating for? I I think we are dating for a temporary fulfillment. I don't think we're being selective in in the partners that we're choosing. We're we are taking something that I feel like is so serious um, and making very light of it. We're not actually getting to know people for the sake of wanting to grow in a relationship with them. So give an example. What, what is some, what do, so, what do people do? What, how, how would people see that? I mean, we, I live in the, I live in the age of Tinder and, um, 
all of those other apps. I don't even know the names of them, <laughs> but we're we're looking for literally temporary fulfillment, whether that be literally for a night or for a couple of years. And I've I've had great friends and who have had a really hard time recovering from these very short lived limerence things. <laughs> um, and I think it's because instead of spending the time um, becoming secure in, in who they are and what they actually want in a partner, they compromised a lot of who they were and a lot of their values. And I think it affects how that person is going to find a marriage partner later on. Sure. So uh, is it? do you think it's because they, uh, they don't believe that they're going to be able to have lifelong love? I think that part of it might be they feel undeserving, but I also feel like it's almost laziness too. They're, they're not willing to wait, wait for that person. Hmm. And they want to experience all the the instant gratification. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot easier to say yes and, and lower some walls. Um, from moments like gratification instead of waiting for the the actual walls that are going to like stand still and be a good foundation. If I was a 25-year-old person listening to you mm-hmm. saying this right now, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. Go. What I would hear is, oh, that is a sheltered, goody-two-shoes, <laughs> unrealistic, um, what world do you live in? kind of statement what do you have to say about that I I feel I was really blessed to have parents who made their marriage and all of all of the marriage flaws very open Mm -hmm. with me and in that I've been able to see the kind of partners that both my parents needed to be or failed to be. And it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder than people give it credit for. And so for me, I want, I want to know at the end of the day that the person I am with is that person that is standing by me. And that means having to possibly miss out on some temporary fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with that Mm -hmm. because there are some things that I do not want to compromise who I want in a partner. And I haven't found that. Great. I hope you keep doing that. <laughs> yeah. You've seen how important it is. It's not just something you've been told and it's been drummed into you in a Bible class. Save it. You, you've got your, you've got your reasons for what. Absolutely. Yeah, good. Absolutely. Good. And those are good. Those are great reasons. Thank you. But I've got a question for you. Okay. So you've seen the show now. And yes. do you think it's possible to create marriage out of compatibility? Possible? Yes. Maybe even probable. Hmm. There are cultures that have arranged marriages and those, uh, you know, I don't know statistically, but those cultures function fairly well with that system. Mm. 
and the arrangements are made kind of on the same idea. I'm sure like in India, they don't give their kids surveys and um, questionnaires about their likes and dislikes and give them personality <laughs> assessments and things like that. But you have two sets of parents that are assessing um, what they think would be a good match for their child. And um, a lot of those marriages, in fact, I worked with a couple from India who were of a arranged marriage. And when they found out who they were going to marry, they were like some of these couples when they first see and they're like, oh, that's who you picked <laughs> for me. They were like, that person was the last person I hoped you would pick for me. And But then after being married for about 18 months, they were madly in limerence in love. And then uh, when the limerence went away, like with so many other couples that I work with, that's when they think, oh, I guess we weren't compatible. What We want we want that feeling back. How do we get that back? And But uh, so all that is to say that, that uh, to some degree, yes, but the difference, the biggest difference between those two types of things is because that those cultures expect them to stay together for life. Mm. Um, divorce is not as accepted and, um, and it's not as easy to come by. You know, we have the no-fault divorce here in the U.S. where you can just say, I don't like this person. You know, you don't have to have a good reason other than I don't like them or it's not I'm not happy. Uh, but that doesn't fly in, in India. Now, I'm glad that we have that because I, I definitely wouldn't uh, if somebody's, for instance, being beat by their spouse, yeah. I wouldn't want them to have to stay in that marriage because because of, you know, that's the social norm. So I'm thankful that we don't have that. But it, what I'm getting at is that there's a huge difference in those those arranged marriages success there's a big piece that's missing in this show uh, there's actually several big pieces but the biggest piece is no uh in six weeks you can get out of it yeah so uh people don't uh you probably you know most of our culture now uh, people live together before they get married they're taking it for a test drive and uh on that test drive, they're expecting to find out whether we're quote-unquote compatible or not. Well, we know from a lot of research that couples who live together before they get married mm. have a much higher failure rate in their marriage. So it's not, uh, and that's a whole other episode yeah. why that <laughs> is, but those, uh, that's essentially what's happening here is they're really not getting to see what being married looks like by making a six-week commitment. Yeah. Because when you go into something knowing that I can easily get out of it and there's no harm, no foul, I'm not looked down on, uh, there's no financial things we have to work out, there's no children we have to figure out where they're going to be. Um, if you go into that thinking you're doing marriage like that, then you're you're sorely misled. You, you go... Uh, without that commitment to, hey, I'm going to stick with you no matter what for the rest of my life, uh, you do the relationship totally different than you would if you could jump out at any moment with no you know, No, absolutely. I, I feel like I would be a lot more gracious to the show if it were called Dating at First Sight. Yes, because yes. Because I, I do feel like some of these couples that they put together – 
they could bring out the best in each other, possibly. Oh, yes, yeah. Maybe in 12 weeks we could see that, but... But they're actually in fear the whole time because, oh, this person in just six weeks could go on te- television and throw me under the bus. And most of them also had, you know, professed having a fear of rejection. Yes, So yes, we yeah. see that at the forefront yeah. for six weeks. So they're yeah. really not seeing what it would be like to be married to each other. No. Uh, and another thing about compatibility is... Our culture has uh, has really put it at the, at as the the ultimate. This is how you find a mate. You find somebody who's like you. You you take personality tests and you find somebody who scores similar or just like you on the personality. I hope not. You fill out a big survey and yes, there's there is importance in in, in certain things. Of course, uh, you well, there's a saying you know being equally yoked. Um, what does that mean? That doesn't mean that they're too similar or are even the same. You can, we can clone oxen now. So mm-hmm. if you had two clones, uh, oxen hooked up, yoked up to a plow, they could be unequally yoked. If one is trying to go one direction, one trying to go the other direction, but you can have a 2000 pound brown bull ox and a 200 pound white donkey hooked up, <laughs> yoked up to the same plow, and they could be equally yoked if they're going in the same direction. Totally. So it's not about being the same and liking the same things so much as is is going in the same direction. So likewise, you can have two people who, uh, on paper, look like well, they like all the kinds of same stuff. They have all the same spiritual ideas and values, and they uh, they're both the same political party and they both want the same number of children and they both all like the same activities, but they're going to have differences no matter how alike they are and how they deal with those differences has much more to do with the outcome of their relationship than, than whether they have the differences or not. And here I'm bringing in, you know, my parents as an example, my parents could not be more Oh, yes. Different. No. Well, your parents are a lot like Joanna and I. Maybe just they're turned up a little bit more on each end of the <laughs> <Yes. vine. laughs> But they're absolutely a team, and they're going in the same direction, and right. I've never doubted that. Yeah. And that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I can't wait till the next one. <laughs> we're going to do more of this. This is exciting. Whether or not people are going to listen to this, we're still going to do more because I enjoy it so much. Thank you, Gabby. Of course. It's Thank you. Relationship Rewire is produced by Growing Love Network. Growing Love Network exists to revolutionize our culture for lifelong love. You can find us on the web at growinglovenetwork.org. We welcome your feedback on this and any of our podcasts. Drop us an email at relationshiprewire at gmail.com. That's relationshiprewire at gmail.com. Is your church or organization looking for a course that doesn't just provide information, but actually transforms marriages and relationships? 
then visit us at growinglovenetwork.org to see how our Growing Love course can work for you. Growing Love has been chosen by the state of Texas as a Together in Texas course, and it's also recommended for engaged couples.